My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I think the theme for you and I for now through Christmas, okay, you ready? I love a good theme. Not a theme, but like a hashtag. So it's going to be hashtag slay and slay. Okay. Don't you want to know why? Why? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, slay because you are obsessed, obsessed with crime and murder documentaries. Yes, I am. S-L-A-Y. So slay, like okay. Jason. Okay. And I said to you last night, what did I say? Do you want to watch? A Christmas movie. Right. So I'm slay, S-L-E-I-G-H. Get it? Slay and slay. Okay. We could get that on our, um, like on a, a license plate. Slay and slay. I love Christmas movies. Why don't you like Christmas movies? The only Christmas movie that I'll watch is Elf Ugh. with Will Ferrell. And there was a period three years ago when we watched Elf for an entire month leading up to Christmas. Not we. You and the kids. But it was fantastic. I loved it. And they did too. I like, I love Elf, but a little goes a long way. What, what would be a Christmas movie oh that God. you would have wanted to watch? All the Hallmark movies. You just mm-hmm. turn it on the Hallmark channel and they have like a different Christmas movie every night. And some of them are originals. And they're so cheesy, but it's just like you get under your little blanket and you make your little hot chocolate. No, you're back there watching like who killed who or who dumped someone well, in a well. It's a new uh, oh. uh, true crime docuseries on Netflix and it's called Trial Four. Oh. And it's about an African-American gentleman who at 19 years old was wrongly convicted of murdering a Boston Police Department detective. And it's Trial Four because he was given four trials. And it, was he found guilty finally? Or? Yeah, I don't want to spoil isn't that double, the. In that quadruple jeopardy. It was a. It, it's just. It, it's very eye-opening the amount of corruption that there can be, not just in a police department, but in any business in the world. You know, mm. the police may be a little easier because they're able to cover it up, and that's what happened here. Uh, Sean Ellis is the night that now he's like forty-two. And the DA, well, I'm not going to give away the ending, but it, it's, yeah, it, it starts very watching. slow. And you heard me say that too. Yes. Like I, I, I checked out and Netflix just posted this like a week ago. I checked out two or three times in the first three episodes. I think there are eight total because it was just, there's too much going on, too much going on. And you're like, well, wait a minute. How did that happen? And so I would keep trying to go back into it because I, I felt that it was probably going to be a good documentary once you kind of got an idea of what it was about, what was going on. So it's worth the wait. Hang in there, though. But it is like you will go from 2020 to Dateline. 48 hours. 48 hours. To, it's just. 60 minutes. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like one of two things. Mm-hmm. You could pull off the perfect crime. I could. Or you're going to murder me at some point. A. Which one was A? I could pull off the perfect crime. But what if the perfect crime was murdering me? Uh, not That's not in the cards now. Mm-hmm. See, that rolls into B. <laughs> But do you, do you ever think about that, though? Could you commit the perfect crime? Oh, we've talked about this. Absolutely. Because here's the thing that you and I have said. In all reality, all you need on a jury is one person. And just one piece of, of doubt. One piece of doubt. I mean, I'm not mur- Listen, I'm is not Is this murder- dark? Yes. Okay. I'm, well, let's, I'm let's, let's, murder- let's play some Christmas bells. I mean, I'm not going to murder anyone, but I'm just yeah. saying. I think after watching as much as. Have you thought it through? No. I have. What? The perfect crime apps? I have. I have. Who are you murdering? I, who said it had anything to do with murder? You've thought about how you're going to do me off? Donna, who said it? I, I thought about it. Who, no. 
has nothing to do with that. But the, I think that after you watch all of these shows, or maybe you watch like the NCIS, which I never got into those type shows, but um, you, you learn a lot about how it's, I mean, think about uh, uh, with Red, Blacklist, all the stuff that you learn from watching the Blacklist oh, yeah. with Red. It's crazy. You know? So. Well, there's an appetite for all of that stuff because it is the number one category on Netflix. I mean, there's and podcasting a, as well. Yeah, there's a exactly serial. There's a reason why because people are fascinated by like going on the inside of it. I'm watching this kind of creepy show that reminds me of um, if you're like an an older person and you remember Twin Peaks. I'm watching this new David Kelly show on regular broadcast TV. I was laughing with you the other day how like now they have to signify whether it's a streaming device or broadcast TV. But it's called Big Sky. It's creepy. But I kind of like it. It's weird, creepy. I was looking so forward to it because they've been promoting it since it feels like May to me. And I finally got here and I watched the premiere episode, I guess, last Monday. And I was kind of let down. There's a huge, there was a huge cliffhanger. I, I couldn't wait around. I didn't wait around that long. Oh, at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. Should I tell you? No. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's that. Yep. Slay and slay. Hype song on the way here to the App and Media Group and App and Podcast Network. We are 30 miles north, downtown Atlanta in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, mine is Hell of a View by Eric Church. He just released the new, the video for it. It's so good. It's kind of like a behind the scenes. Uh, if you go to YouTube, you can see it. It's a behind the scenes video of him writing and them all being in the restaurant. I swear, I think they're in the Peddler, the old Peddler restaurant in like Boone or somewhere because it's a huge restaurant. It was Blowing Rock because blown Joanna rock. Cotton. Yes, was telling us. Was telling us all about that. Well, and she's in the video, and it's just—it's a great, it's such a great song. I don't know what it is. That song makes me feel a certain way, and I don't know what that is yet. I'll let you know on the next podcast, but it puts me in my feels about something. You know, there is a there is music that just there's music that like pumps you up, that excites you, that brings you down. That I don't know. This just really makes me feel a certain way. It's kind of like a a personal anthem, and I can't figure out why yet. Obviously, we're big Eric Church fans, but I just love this song but the video is really cool because it shows all the behind the scenes and them writing and staying in this um restaurant and exactly what joanna told us and she's in the video so it's really good hell of a view don't know what project that's going to be on yet but nobody knows yes nobody's talking including joanna all right my hype song on the way here today is more nostalgic than anything and it goes back to the mid 90s and it is a song by an artist a a tremendous singer songwriter named how catch him K-E-T-C-H-U-M. And how passed in the past week, he was uh, in his 70s, I believe. And he passed uh, due to just, he had dementia yeah. for a long, long time. Struggled with but, it. But, but how catch and pass with his wife Amanda with him at home and was, was, was peaceful. Um, when I was hired to work terrestrial radio in Atlanta when I was 19 years old, and I had never been to the city before in my life, there's a there's a file full of artists and songs when I hosted Crying, Loving, or Leaving back in 1994. Probably did it for three years, but I started in 94. And there's a file of artists and songs that remind me so much of that very... Um, that time period. In, in my life and in my career, because I, I stayed with the same radio station my entire career for 25 years. And, and how catch them is one of those artists that, that is in that file. Because back in the early, I think he released his first album back in 88, but back in the, the early to mid-90s, How Catchin' was a staple on oh, country yeah. radio with uh, hits like Pass the Point of Rescue, Small Town Saturday Night, uh, Mama Knows the Highway, Hearts Are Gonna Roll. Mm. So what's the song you're adding? The song I'm going to add is one that uh, is a ballad called Stay Forever. Oh. 
but it's a great How Catchem song. So what was the concept of Crying Love and Leaving? It was because we've laughed about it before, and I think we even talked about it on the podcast that we would have people call in from like the state penitentiary. Jackson. Jackson yeah. Prison, which is uh, almost in central Georgia. But they, they would come in as collect calls hmm. on, the high, on, on the request line. And they'd want to send one out to like someone back home? or yeah, Absolutely. To their girlfriend or to the wife. To so the kids. concept was it's either uh, you're crying, you're loving, or you're leaving. Yeah. And it was uh, nine to I think I know I, I, I did seven to midnight on the air. I think crying, loving, or leaving started at nine. Yeah, it did. It's a nickel before nine. Oh, and so it's, people that's would, what I would say every night. It's a nickel before nine. Buckle up, get ready. It's crying, loving, or leaving, or something. And Marty Stewart, country great Marty Stewart, actually sang the theme song. The intro, yeah. The, that that particular theme song that I played back in the nineties was uh, exclusive to Kicks and to that show because Marty Stewart wrote it in the bathroom at the 360 Interstate North Parkway Studios, where Kicks originally was, right next to the Weather Channel. Yeah. In the Cobb Cloverleaf area of Atlanta. That's awesome. And Marty wrote that intro. So people would call in, and, and whether they're crying, they're loving or leaving, but I used to have like a, uh, um, just a, a notebook, like your my kids take to school today, you know, with the... The, the request. The spiral. You're like, know? Cindy wants to send one out to Jamie. And you'd write it down, and you just have the, you know, as, as the show went on, you would have just tons and tons of tape. That you would need to edit. Like Jamie's telling Oh, those are the best ones. But back in, again, that file was was How Ketchum. It was John Barry. It was John Michael Montgomery. Reba. Reba was a big part of it. Uh, So there's that uh, that file of artists that's always very nostalgic to me. And and so when I learned that How Ketchum had passed, it it, it hit me me kind of hard because he was always such a pleasant guy. I bet there was a lot of Lone Star. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amazed. Yeah. Some Shenandoah. A Keech. Back in the day. <laughs> All right, Donna. All right, so we're going to add both those songs to the Hype Song playlist. Just go to Spotify and search Candy and Donna Hype Songs in the entire Spotify playlist. Uh, nearly a year's worth of Hype Songs is going to pop. Apple classifies us as a music podcast. We say semi-music podcast. So we like to always talk you know, a little bit of music because music is so much part of our lives as well. On uh, or, you know, During every episode, the Grammy nominations have have been announced and we know alicia keys is not going to uh, return and and i thought that she was probably going to do that cbs is going with uh, trevor noah who has a late night talk show and and had a show on comedy central i think but now yeah. he comes on after uh i think colbert maybe but cbs yeah. is the home of the grammy so they're going to pick someone from their roster that's 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 in their stable so that's why trevor one of the many reasons trevor noah who's he's a south funny. african comedian I believe. he's very he, he's, funny. he's 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 very funny but you have to be quick yeah, to very, get his humor he's, he's, he's very, very political yeah um so trevor noah is going to be the host um beyonce gets the most nominations mm-hmm. taylor swift round up well, i got six and and uh, uh dua lipa got six and Eric somebody Church cat do a cat or somebody do uh Oh, Dojo, 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 all of those, Dojo all the TikTok stars. It Do, seems got Grammy nominations. However, I looked because I was curious. Can you imagine if WAP had gotten a Grammy nomination and it would have been eligible? Yeah. It, it, that song fell within the Grammy window of eligibility for this year. It did not. But can you imagine if WAP? No. Got some sort of Grammy nomination. No. Like for Song of the Year or something. Well, we've talked. Then you about- would really start to question. The Recording the Academy Arts and Sciences people who are well, the Grammys. And we've talked about the Grammys and different award shows, and the Grammys have always considered themselves and have been considered in the past sort of highbrow awards. They do not usually give out Grammys to just commercial successes. And they always go, or in the past, they have always gone left of center. Uh, that's where the Chris Stapletons have come from. That's where the... Um, Casey Musgraves. Alison Krauss. Alison Krauss. Has the most Grammys of any female artist. I think maybe she still has that record. Grammy darling. 
And then it would be someone weird like Millie Vanilli. I mean, like, you know, Ivor. Yes, they've done just, you know, but again, great musicians. And I think it's always been nice because some of those musicians did not find commercial success, but would see huge spikes after the Grammys because they were kind of plucked from the Grammys. But this year, there is such an uproar from everyone and not from, I'm sure from fans as well, but from the actual artist. The Weeknd is pissed off. Justin Bieber's mad. It's just like, what on earth? Somebody, I think someone in country's mad too, and I can't remember who it is. The Chicks didn't get any nominations for Gaslighter. I also was uh, surprised Luke Combs did not get a Grammy nomination. Luke Combs didn't get I don't know that he's... But you don't see Luke, though, on social media posting Insta stories, pining away because he didn't get a nomination. Although there are artists that are doing that, and I'll call out The Weeknd right now. He's mad. Who says that that, that the Grammys, you owe him. You owe me. He said that he's getting penalized because he's doing the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's true. The, the, see, I don't think that can be the case, Donna, because the voting for the Grammys would have taken place long before the, the NFL announced that he was going to be doing the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think that you can make that connection. Well, he, Not you, but I don't, I don't think that people can. No, that's what he's trying to say. I mean, I think that in the past, again, here we go. We've talked about social media and the impact of it. In the past, you just, and it happened all the time with the Grammys. You just didn't get a Grammy nod. And when you finally got one, it was so special. But now, both him and Justin Bieber, and we were just talking about how much I love Justin Bieber, but it's like, stop crying. Like, he's mad because he thinks his song should have been in the R&B and not in the category it was in. I think it was the album. Yes. Yes. Yummy. He's in pop. Yummy got a Grammy nomination or two, which yeah. is, to me, I mean, that's about as bad as WAP. Yeah. But. But he wanted, I think it was an album that, yeah. that he wanted the Grammys to. Um, Consider for R&B. For R&B. And they did. Yeah, and the weekend is mad and calling them out, and the Grammys are this and that, and maybe they are. We don't know. Again, they've been called, they were called out actually last year too for some other stuff. I mean, this is kind of this controversy started brewing actually last year, if you remember. Um, talking about that they were kind of run like the mafia and how they were, you know, how they because the president called, stepped down. He stepped down, yes, from Neris. But so there may be something there, but I just think it's interesting. You used to never see artists. You would never see like the Eagles. Or, uh, you know, whoever, step up and be like, Kenny Rogers, God bless him, never would like take to social media and be like, I cannot believe that I am not nominated or that we are not nominated. You just sort of took your lumps and went on with it. What, what? I just wonder, like, are we raising just an entire group of people? I'm not going to say generation, but group of people where it's just like, if you don't get your way, you just pout and whine and complain and it's always someone else's fault and why and you can take all that those grievances to social media and you get this if you're you value know, you get validation yeah you, you get validation especially if you're an artist because you're kind of rallying your troops and that's what artists do and and celebrities do sometimes and sometimes they do it unwittingly and sometimes they do they, they know exactly what they're doing and they get those people all riled up and they'll they won't buy you know, if they're mad at a company, they they can ruin that company. Take them down. You know, <laughs> these fan support. It's not like, like not like the days when I was in my basement writing letters to the Sean Cassidy fan club. Just hoping to get something back. I did. I got to go backstage because I had nine people. I told you this. I Have was we running, talked about this? Yes. I was running a sweatshop in my basement. And so I had nine girls that lived in the neighborhood. And I'm, I was mean. I ran a tough, tough workroom. And they'd come to my basement and we would meet from 11 to 1 
and we would have to write letters. And, and I would constantly be harassing them about, make sure you know what Sean Cassidy's favorite color is, which was purple, by the way. Because even at a young age, I was a marketer, and I knew that if we put something special in there, it might take notice. Where'd you meet him? At the Omni. How old were you? I was in sixth grade. <laughs> my mom made Donald take me, my brother, and he was so mad, so mad. He called him a pansy, which would now be a different word, but yeah. He's such a pansy. And then we had to wait by the, some rogue door outside the Omni <laughs> with all these little kids. And he was so mad. And he, he was like, I'm not going to wait much longer. And I was like, I've given my, I mean, it was like this speech. Like, I've given my whole life. I gave my whole summer for this to moment. To this moment to, for yeah. meeting Sean Cassidy. Yeah. And it was kind of a letdown. But his hair, he had those, like, I'm so old. But he had these, like, glowing locks. And he'd wear, like, those tight jeans with the 70s flare bell bottoms that would get caught in your bike pant, you know, your bike when you'd ride it. Did that ever happen to you? <laughs> happened to me all the time. On my uh, sparse, star spangler? Yeah. Because I had bell bottoms. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they get, I'm serious. I believe you. Let me tell you what would happen. Please. If you're listening. So this is another little Donna sidecar. Aside from the Sean Cassie, who had awesome bell bottoms. I had bell bottoms. And so when I would ride my bike around the neighborhood, if you weren't careful, careful, your bell bottoms would get stuck in like the spokes for your bike. And you had to walk your bike home and cut your pants out of them. Why are you shaking your head? I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> in general? Yeah. Often just in general. Who was like your love in high school? Like who would you, you know, who was that person for you? Like maybe you had a poster. Like I had posters of him all over my room. Mama wouldn't let me put posters on my walls. We've so talked I, about I, this. I didn't have any posters. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, I had a Snoopy, um, a Snoopy bed cover. Okay, that's not a person though. That's a... A mythical cartoon creature. Right. And I had Smurfs on the walls. Let's move on. You didn't have, but like, like Farrah Fawcett? I mean, there mm -hmm. wasn't anybody. You, but again, Donna, Grammy would not let us put things on the walls. I had a waterbed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and posters everywhere. And a blacklight. I had a lava lamp. If, if the LED lights were around. Oh, I'd have had them. Yeah. They'd been blinking. It, it looked like Six Flags at night at sunset. Yeah. Your your bedroom. Yep, like Hartsfield. With all the lights. All right. All right. Well, I don't know how we got off on all that, but it was good. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You ready to move on? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you are. Dinner Affair is always ready for changing family schedules, and you're seeing that right now. Um, we're going to have a conversation here in a moment about uh, the kids that are back from college and how they just... Um, it, it's 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 difficult. It's not difficult, but sometimes it's kind of challenging to to reset the the house mojo, especially if you have a child who was here for pandemic in college and then they went to college. You know, now they're back. And weren't you telling me, Donna, that some of them are going to be here through January? Yeah, like the breaks, even going through Christmas this year. So the schedules are changing again. And here's how dinner time at your home cannot change and everybody can enjoy a fresh home cooked meal ready when you need it most dinner affair dinner afare.com uh, chef inspired dinners and meals 15 of them every month that are posted on the dinner affair website then you go to the website depending on the size of your family they have different packages and you select the meals that you would like they're then delivered to your home dinner affair also ships nationwide uh, they're delivered to your home, contactless delivery, and then you unpack your meals, put it in the freezer, and take one out the day prior. Three, four easy steps. Everything's already chopped and ready to go. And I was telling you the other day, there's this 
cute little bag in our refrigerator and it's got all these amazing sauces in it. And that's the thing also. I think with some meal packages, they can be intimidating, number one, because they have contracts. They can be intimidating because of the price. They're intimidating because the food is not what you want to eat. But the other thing is I hear a lot of people say, I just know I'm going to get into to making these meals and I'm not going to have you know, what I need to make them. You do not have to worry about that at all. If we've said this before, if you need a teaspoon of salt and for it's gonna some come. reason you don't have salt, it's going to come in a it's bag. It's going to come in, in a, bag. a little freezer bag. There is nothing that you need for that meal that's not going to come prepared for you to cook. And the little sauces are, I mean, they're amazing with each one of them. Very generous offer from Dinner Affair for you. The first time that you order from Dinner Affair, enter the promo code CADDY, C A D D Y, CADDY, at checkout for $30 off your first order at dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. There are New Yorkers right now that are paying up to $80 an hour for someone to stand in line for them to get a COVID test because it can take hours. And what do they need? Do they need these tests to go travel? Do they need? I think it, some of it may be just for, for their own knowledge. I think some of it could be for travel. Task Bunny. Is the is Task it, Rabbit? Task Rabbit is the app. That's a different app. And so people go and they they uh, I pulled it up because I wasn't familiar with it. But the site you can go to and someone will put stuff together for you. Well, yeah, they'll help you move. They'll yeah, it's basically they you put on there a job that you want someone to do, and these are like um, gig workers, no different than like you know Uber or Lyft or whatever. But they will do things for you. Here are some popular projects right now. On the taskrabbit.com site, assemble a table desk, mount a TV or mirror, mm -hmm. a clean bathroom kitchen, mm -hmm. fix a running toilet, plant flowers. That runs $53 to $127. Yeah. So but in, in New York, though, they then add stand in line for, my for you for your COVID test, which I think is brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I'm sure there's a lot of those in New York for like stand in line when Broadway's happening, stand in line, like when Hamilton was so big, have someone go down there and stand in line for you to get tickets or whatever. What would you, what would, well, you have paid for some crazy stuff in the past. What would you pay someone to do for you? What would I pay? Um, I would pay for someone to follow you to a Christmas tree uh, stand or Christmas tree parking lot or somewhere. And then you select the Christmas tree that you want. This is no kidding. I would pay for this. Uh, you pick out the tree that you want, and then they wrap it up. They put it on top of their vehicle. They bring it to the house. Then they unload it, bring it into the house, put it in the stand to your liking, and then put the lights on it. And then they're done. And they just smile, and they're happy the whole time. That, like I'm like, the that's tree's, probably extra. The tree's crooked. And they're like, oh, no problem, ma'am. As opposed to. It's fine. That or even worse sometimes. I have this thing about Christmas okay. trees. Yeah. Can we just talk about this? Because it seems like this comes up a lot. Like, what what yoke don't you have a thing about? Like, what hasn't been ruined for you? You have a thing about birthday parties. You have a thing about birthday cake. Wow. You have a thing. Well, I mean, let's talk about this. <laughs> wow. Seriously. Like, how can you have a thing about Christmas trees? I don't know what it is, Donna. It probably goes back to my childhood. No, Carl. <laughs> Everything goes back to my childhood. You can't keep using this. We've got to keep a list in studio. It's just, it's, it's insane. There's not. I, when... Donald, we talked about the time that I threw the Christmas tree down the, the front yard and the neighbors came by and got it and used it in their okay. beautiful home. But it has zero to do with your childhood and everything to do with your patience. You don't know that. All of these things have to do with patience. Think about it. If you're going to pay someone to do things for you, it's because you are not patient enough to do it yourself. All right, so maybe I'm impatient. Okay. Says the man 
who one time when the kids were little, we were standing in line at North Point Mall to meet Santa Claus. Santa Claus. The line was a little long. As Santa Claus lines are. And he says to them, come over here to the kids. And I'm like, what are you doing? Don't pull us out of line. He's like, this isn't the real Santa Claus. The real Santa Claus is over here in glamour shots where you pay. Doing family photos. To get your family. And they had an opening. I, I, I stepped out of the line with the family to go see the mall Santa. And I saw like picture perfect people or whatever that place is called back in the day. And I saw they had Santa Claus in there. And I said, hey, what's going to cost me to get the next opening? And I did a little deal with a kid who went to like Walton High School or something. And bam, we were up. Did a little deal. Yeah. To, to get in front of all the other families. But it caused ripple effects. It sure. Well, for and, years. and, and, and kids, three, four times the money that it would have cost to, to have Santa at the mall, the mall Santa smile. But the kids were like, how can there be two Santas? It's easy, kids. The, the, your mother had you in the line to visit with the imposter. Daddy has found the real Santa Claus. And he's two doors down right here. And he's waiting. He's waiting on us right now. Santa's, we're not waiting on him. Like your mama had you doing. Santa's waiting on us right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's go, kids. Who's in? And like, daddy, daddy, daddy. This is the same man who refuses to ride the magical express buses at Disney. They are they're unpredictable. So this is what you do. Car service mm-hmm. to the parks. But this is back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Not now. We'd be walking to the parks, but like I always had a problem waiting on the bus at Disney because you impatient. are you, you are paying when you're Disney Donna, you're paying for every second. OK. And, and so you need to make sure that you are making the most of your time because that that second rate at Disney World is in the hundreds of dollars. And you know that. So why waste your time in a queue waiting on a bus when you can dial a number and a Chrysler town car is going to roar up? God. They're at the bus station and I'll open the door and have you sit then down you, into the air conditioner. You amped it one year. Are we done? Well, we had a little we ambassador done? that would just take us Are around we done? the park. I want to be very, very clear. <laughs> he would just, and the kids were like, how come we're going in the back door? And this wasn't even when we worked for Disney. Donna. Yeah. I don't think this is all necessary because you're trying to paint me in a really no, bad I light. No, I am not. No one listening thinks that. The reality is. None of this goes back to your childhood. Childhood, it all goes back to impatience, which is going back to the original story why people are paying people to stand in line for them. And some people do that because, you know, they're busy. They're at work. They can't get out of line. I will tell you, there are some things I would pay for. What would you pay? Someone oh, to stand in line for you. For I, well, no, what I would pay for them to do would be to go to a teacher conference and play me with that deadpan look when you think things have been going well and they're like, well, we need to tell you something. And you just need to have that resting, you know what, face where you're mm-hmm. like, uh-huh, okay. But we don't want you to get too mad at him or her because they're trying really hard. And you're like, yeah, okay, no problem. And then you walk out of the car and you're like, I'm going to kill beat him. beat his ass. No, you don't do that. Oh, sorry. Where is that? No, you don't do that, Donald. No, that was a trick you question. Don't do that. that was a trick question. Anything else that you would you would pack for mm-hmm. that we can talk about? I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. That's a lot. The task bunny lore. Yep. Oh, bringing in groceries. Because any woman who does the grocery shopping, they know you're going to the grocery store and they know you're coming home at some point, but there doesn't seem to be anyone around. You've already bought the groceries, put them in your car, paid for them, dealt with it. Yeah, drive up your driveway. Where is everyone? And then you're bringing them in. Unpacking them. Unpacking them. I used to would say the cat litter boxes, but you've taken that over. And you do a great job. Thank you. 
even if the person doesn't do a great job, you tell anyone who's cleaning your cat boxes. That they're doing a fantastic you job. You are they're fantastic. On, spot on. You're spot on. You were made to do this. I took a short road trip to Gainesville this week to visit with uh, Donna and uh, in Maryland and Shane at Gallery Furniture. And I posted some photographs on my Instagram account. Uh, Gallery Furniture is a locally owned business that has been around for decades. Um, the Ask of the Wolfman legacy continues. And I noticed Donna when standing in the, It's a huge showroom that they have right there off of Brownsbridge Road. Uh, great parking. Just pull right in. Um, I, we spoke about this in the last podcast, and then I was actually up there a couple of days later. But the signage, the, the classic signage for gallery furniture that's so nostalgic because it has Wolfman's picture or, uh, you know, art, Wolfman art, you know, with Ask for the Wolfman. Um, so even in the showroom today that you visit gallery furniture, there are uh, things that will take you back from from generations and generations ago. And we have people who bought originally from the Wolfman and are now telling us that their children their families, their their daughters and sons are now buying furniture from Donna. And that's a business that stands the test of time. You can't stay in business that long in a service type of business if you're not doing things the right way. You just can't. You wouldn't stay in business. So as Wolfman always treated everyone um, in the community, the, the tradition continues with Donna. And she is such a part of that community in Gainesville and really all of North Georgia. And um, we can't say it enough. We continue to say it. Make sure you're shopping locally. And you hit on a great point. You know, if you're going out shopping this weekend and you really want some furniture, the first thing you have to do is battle to try to get a parking place at these big box retailers to try to find a place to park. Then you've got to go in. And then you have to really hope that you connect with the a salesperson that's not going to drive you crazy, that's not going to harass you or try to get you to overspend. And then you have to go to that computer and sit down and, and hope to God that you get, you know, approved for financing. And then you go to the third or fourth computer and you wait to hope that you're going to get it delivered. To schedule. You know, yeah. before next year. Eliminate all those steps. Pull up. Take a nice trip. It's a beautiful drive over that bridge at Lake Lanier up to Gainesville. Go up and see Donna. Go see Marilyn. Go see Shane. They will help you. If you don't need any help, they're not going to follow you around. If you do need help, they're going to help you. If you need financing, they're going to make the decision on the spot. And if you need delivery, they're going to schedule it that day. There is absolutely no reason to be at a big box retailer this weekend looking at furniture when you have this great selection of furniture right at your fingertips and so close. Great Instagram account. Uh, you can see uh, a lot of the stuff that they offer uh, from the showroom floor on the Instagram account. Gallery Furniture, GA, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Gallery Furniture. Megan Markle is opening up about what she says is unbearable grief after suffering a miscarriage uh, sometime. It was over the summer, was it not done? It was in July. And I don't think she ever, you know, they never announced that they were expecting a second child. But um, she had a miscarriage in July, and she talks about just, you know, the grief that goes with that. And I will personally say, as, as a female, um, I've n I did not have a miscarriage. I've never had one, but I have so many friends and, and people that I know who have suffered through this. And I do think that there is something um, around that where women still at times feel guilt or feel responsibility or, you know, just a, just the unbearable amount of loneliness that comes with that. And I do think that by her speaking out on this, it's an amazing thing because I think it lets people know that they're seen and that this does happen and that it's not your fault and it's nothing you did wrong. You know, I know I have friends where this has happened to you before and they're like, did I exercise too much? Did I eat the wrong food? Was I not, you know, was I working too much? Things happen and they're not your fault. And 
you know, it's a very private thing that you most of the time go through with just your significant other. And a lot of times, and, and not because of anything, men don't understand to the degree because they're not carrying the child. You know, it doesn't mean that they don't have their own sense of grief and loneliness, but it, it's just a very difficult time. And a lot of times when it's happening, especially nowadays, at the same time you're going through that, you're scrolling through feeds of people who've just had children who are getting you know, adorable newborn pictures made and your time will come. I know so many people who've had rainbow babies. That's what they call babies born after miscarriage. So um, if you're going through that, then you should know that there are a lot of people who do, do go through that. I think one of the things that struck me the most out of the interview was when, um, when Meghan Markle was in South Africa and they were kind of trying to figure out how they were going to leave London and, and the glare of all of what was going on in her life, a reporter that she really she knew, but she didn't know that well. Asked, he, he, the reporter was traveling with them. He was embedded with them right. and was, you know, kind of filming there. And this particular clip that you're talking about went viral. It did, yeah. because he asked her, are you okay? Very simple question. Are you okay? But that question, everybody, you know, I, I just, I remember watching that particular clip. Um, and you're and then she shocked. pauses, she pauses a little bit. Yeah, you're almost shocked that he would ask a royal that, because up until... Megan became a royal. The royals were very, they did not show anything. They did not show emotion. They did not show grief. They did not show, I mean, they were also very stoic when Princess Diana even, you know, passed away. And so it was kind of interesting to, to watch her reaction. And it, you know, it sparked her kind of getting upset, but saying to him, it started a dialogue of it's been very difficult. And so what she said from this time period when she had a miscarriage was that, she hoped out of 2020, as difficult of a year as it was, that you would ask people in your life, are you okay? And that can mean a lot of different things. No, but I'm getting through it. No, I really need help. You know, no, whatever. Or yes, you know what? I'm okay. I wasn't, I am. And it's also okay. We've said this before on the podcast. It's okay to not be okay. And you know what? It's also okay to feel different feelings at the same time. You can be sad about the holidays, but happy that you're home with your family. You can, you know, I think people think that emotions sometimes are black and white. You're either sad or you're happy. You can be a lot of things, you know, you can be two things at one time. So I think it's one, it's a great lesson as we kind of come out of 2020 and, you know, not thinking magical thinking, like we said the other day that January 1st, everything's going to be clowns and balloons, but to reach out to people in your life and just say, are you okay? You know, how are you doing? And sometimes that doesn't even mean, I think people sometimes are afraid to ask that because they're not afraid. If the answer comes back, no, they're like, what do I do? Now I've committed to this. That's not what you're doing. You're just listening. Sometimes just listening to someone is helpful. What do you think? That was beautiful. Yeah. And and so well said. You know, I think I think there are a lot of people that are struggling right now. Yeah. With, with so many different things. And... Um, there's one commercial and, and we've had this conversation, you and I, there's one commercial on television by a, the biggest automaker in the world right now. And it's a holiday commercial. And I've seen it before in years past, but it's the one where the husband and wife come barreling out of their house and there's snow on the ground and they have each gifted one another for Christmas, a $90,000 freaking Denali. Yeah. And I want to say to General Motors, are you effing kidding me right now? There's a pandemic. You're, you're being very tone deaf. Are there people that can run out of their homes, 
right now and buy $180,000, $200,000 worth of Denali's? Maybe so. I'm sure there are. Are there going to be some that do it? Certainly. What is that percentage, though? Yeah. You know, and um, I think that uh, it's it's it doesn't take long at all to ask someone. Yeah. Just, you know, very simply, are you okay? And I think it's very interesting that you point out, too, that that doesn't commit you to their uh, problem. Right. No, I mean, they're not, you're not always, you're not always tasked with solving. And, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to have to loan them money or you're going to have to take them into your house or you're going to have to accompany them to therapy. That's not it. It's just to say, listen, I, it seems like you're not having a great day. Are you okay? Sometimes people just want someone to talk to and get out of their head. So I, I admire her. I think her and Prince Harry have done an amazing job of putting mental health at the forefront of conversations. And I think for the royals to do it is a big deal because, like I said, in the past, they were so closed off to doing that. And I think they're very modern and they've done a great job. I have to tell you, and I shouldn't say this, I don't know this, but if that happened, maybe if it happened to Kate, she would say, but I'm sure it's happened probably a lot of times in the royal family, and it's just never been spoken of. For her to come out and say, this happened to me as a woman, I think it's a big deal because along with the are you okay, I do believe that there are a lot of people who struggle with fertility, miscarriage, and when you have a family and you didn't go through that, we didn't go through that, sometimes you forget how difficult it is to, along the same vein that you were saying, like, you know, people spending money when money's tight. It's the same thing with people who are trying to start a family. And everywhere they go, every restaurant they sit in, everywhere they go, there's a happy family sitting tables over. But it, it, it does happen in time. And I think it's good to, to talk about it, you know, that so you don't feel so alone. I want to say hi to Ashley Hill. Ashley is a corporate wellness nurse and reached out. She's a on Instagram at ATL Cadillac on Instagram and Twitter. And um, I, here's what I gather, how the, how the post came along. Uh, she, she writes, gratitude, a book, magazine, or podcast. And I guess maybe she was asked by a different, you know, friend or whatever to make that post. So she chose to make this post. Started listening to country music when I was 13, when my young aunt introduced me to Randy Travis. This guy came to town when I was 17, landed on the country station I listened to, uh, passed down from my granddad, uh, listened to the country station, listened to in my, passed down from my granddad, 88 Dodge Lancer. I called the studio one Saturday morning, and he promised me tickets to see Black Hawk at the brand new Gwinnett Arena. There's one, Black Hawk. If I came to the studio and washed his truck. I don't remember that. Was that you? I ran to Kmart and bought my supplies and drove from Athens to Marietta to make good on my deed, only to find out that he did not have his truck at the station. We'll talk about that in a second, Mom. Mm. Uh, even though I did not have his truck to wash, he delivered on his promise, and I was a giddy college kid who saw and met my favorite band, thanks to Caddy. Mainstream Radio's loss is my win. I absolutely love this podcast and think you will, too. Oh, how sweet. So she was offering up the My Second Act podcast. To, okay, you're going to make someone wash your truck. To get I, I'm, I, I'm sure it was, it was a, joke, a joke, Donna. Where was I mean, your truck? I'm, I'll tell you where it was. <laughs> Actually, I will tell you where it was because I was in search of it many, many a day times before we were together. Well, not because we'd meet for lunch, and I'd get there somehow. I don't know how. And and this was uh, pre Uber and Lyft. At the end of the lunch, I'd be like, Don, can you take me to my truck? Yeah, so we'd start out and always be up somewhere near Cowboys. Yeah, it, it's either at the Chevron station, the Waffle House, the Waffle House, some 
seedy hotel. What, Donna? Ch- <laughs> come on now. Yeah. Once or twice. It was like, often. where's Waldo? Where's yeah. the truck? Donna, can you take me to my truck? Can you take me to get my truck? Where is it? Well, I'm not shake. quite sure. We may have to hit a couple places. I would just shake my head and think, God, this guy's got to get his stuff together. Who's going to like Maybe been married to him for 18 years. Yeah. All right. So thank you very much. A great. Uh, very sweet. A great thing there. We appreciate you reaching out. 404, uh, this must, uh, it's not my number. Um, 770-464-6024. Let's check the uh, podcast uh, text line and uh, voicemail. We got something. We uh-oh, got something. Uh-oh. We got uh-oh. something. <laughs> Dateline. Here we go. A song that gets stuck in your head is called an earworm. Yes, it's the actual term. thought you would enjoy this fact since you called it ear candy. Oh, I love that. Earworm. Yes, earworm. Uh, thank you, Gina, for setting me straight. I've heard both. I've heard both, but yeah, uh, it is wait, so it works. I was wondering after checking it like three or four podcasts in a row now, if, if we paid the, the, the Google the bill. voicemail bill or Thank something. Thank you, Gina. 770-464-6024. We have a small ask of you three things. If you would, number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the podcast. And number three, show our sponsor some love. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. And Dinner Affair, dinneraffare.com. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen, who is also editor of our weekly e-letter. It's called The Letter. To subscribe for free and to get it in your inbox Saturday morning text, left on red. Red is the color, R-E-D, no spaces, left on red, to the number 22828. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.